out. Full start, full start. <laughs> it should be recording now, whenever you're ready, honey. Welcome to By Its Cover Podcast, One Marriage's Journey Through Movie Night, using only the cover of movies found on streaming services. I'm your host, Bree. I'm your other host, Kevin. And dun dun dun. And I'm Brandon Valentine. Hello, hello. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> we are we talk about you. <laughs> by our first enemy of the podcast. Uh, oh! Enemy. Yeah, I, I guess I did. I, the Velocipaster thing yeah. ain't going away, man. <laughs> the one thing is, too, is I've admitted to, to Kevin before. I don't know if I admitted, admitted this to Bree. I didn't watch it before I told you to. <laughs> I didn't watch it till later, after I heard your episode. And I'm like, well, now I feel like kind of got to. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm glad you had to suffer too. You're Mikey with life cereal. (laughs) And I'll be honest, there was, it was a horrible movie, but there was that one part where literally my wife had to pause it because I like fell off the couch. I was laughing so hard because it was so stupid. And that was when the, the, the girlfriend showed up and was running towards him and then just suddenly like kind of disappeared and they threw a bucket of blood on the dude. Yeah. (laughs) And then the other guy's like, I don't think we could save her. I don't know why, but I just lost it. I'm like, that is so stupid. <laughs> yeah. I feel like teenage boys would really appreciate Velocipaster. Oh, yeah. And I, I like a good campy, cheesy movie. And even that one, I'm like, I, they, 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 you know, my favorite saying through this whole thing has been jump the shark. And they jumped it. Oh, yeah. Got, yeah. I don't think yeah. they were ever on the shark. No, yeah, no they couldn't afford sharks. Uh-huh. No. <laughs> Uh, so we are actually going to be watching a, another movie with you today that we're going to judge mm-hmm. purely by its cover. We're going to be watching After Midnight. Yes. Yes. We found this one on Amazon Prime. Okay, and cool. uh, who wants to take a shot at describing this cover? Because I am out. Like, not doing it. <laughs> um, I could do it, I guess. All right, go for go it. Go for it. Okay, so we have After Midnight, and the first thing you notice is, well, the first thing I noticed was that there's a shape of a heart in the background, uh, and in the foreground is a monster face, grr, with lots of fangs, and what looks to be like a winged head. Hold up, I'm sorry, really quick, what kind of monster face? Winged? (laughs) Yeah, but but what yeah, there was a sound effect that denoted <laughs> a certain kind of monster. Grr. I need every audience member to know we don't pay a foley artist for this show. Uh, no. These are all in-house sound effects. I don't even know what a foley artist is. So, oh. all right, oh. maybe I should get a raise if I'm doing things that require their own like title. <laughs> I'll you... make sure I add it in the credits. Uh, one more time, what kind of monster was it? A winged gur. A winged gur. Okay. I remember that one in Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. So at the bottom of the heart, it looks like there's a bunch of tall grass kind of wisping across the base of the monster's face. And then off to the left-hand side, shooting out is a bottle of wine, dripping red wine, or perhaps blood maybe. And then up top, there's like stakes or something coming out of his face. What do you think that is? Those are shotguns, honey. Those are oh. double-barreled shotguns. Well, okay. <laughs> and then at the very top of the heart, coming off the two curves, uh, it looks like a pair of antlers. And the overall theme is very woodsy. It is. Like a, like a, 
like a one of those Georgia O'Keeffe paintings, but making a monster instead of a vagina. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it's. I keep looking at the monster. And I keep trying to figure out how to describe it. And I mean, all I can say is it kind of looks like Predator, and Alien had a, a baby that was stillborn. Yeah, uh, like uh, it, it, it's almost got the dreads of Predator, but the yeah, face of Alien. Yeah, yeah, uh, um, and a I little think- bit French bulldoggy too. Yeah, French <laughs> bulldog. That is insulting to the entire country of France. That yeah, bring their their national bulldog into this. Are French um, bulldogs actually from France, or is not it... a clue, Brie. <laughs> Okay, no, you no don't idea. pay me to be a dog expert on this podcast. I guess that's true. <laughs> uh, I think one of the things that's interesting is I believe just looking at it, the monster is made up of things you would find in the woods, like leaves. That's kind of what I and the yeah. grass for the neck. The, okay, um, yeah, I can see that now. The texture of the face looks very wood-like as well. Like if you zoom in on it. Well, and with the tagline that monster will give you wood. When you Bree, what's the tagline on this? Love will rip your heart out. <laughs> yeah. I love me a good tagline. <laughs> and I love too that it says in theaters and on demand February 14th. So I get that this is probably going to be a love story of some way. So maybe this is the, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's um, a romance movie. Uh, it's a romance movie. It looks it, like a, it's romance. If Shape of Water has taught me anything, if you give a monster abs, somebody's gonna want to bone it. <laughs> I mean, guys, we we anything that you know, whatever feels good. I mean, it's we we, we have a bad yeah a bad rap about that. You know? <laughs> I like how you assume that it's a girl monster. <laughs> I didn't assume it was a girl monster. You assumed that it was a girl monster, <laughs> guys. I mean, like I said, it's. <laughs> I you know I if this picky. movie was like gay monster love I think I'd be on board I'd be like yeah, I, yeah. It's, this this is time has come it has it has that would be um, I, I would guess it was written by Clive Barker if Clive yeah. Barker wrote it that's a good possibility it's not Clive Barker I zoomed into all the little goodies at the bottom that you can only read if you actually zoom in and I. I'm a little concerned because this guy, Justin, nope, Jeremy Gardner, stars in it, directed it, wrote it, and edited it. And sometimes that's not a good thing. Isn't the last time you guys had one like that, there was like a prosthetic <laughs> vagina? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All yeah, the devils are here. <laughs> and I think that's the thing that's is like, thought. if anything, this will tell me we're going to get a movie that has never once compromised its vision of itself. There's nobody told this director, producer, actor, screenwriter, no. And I will love that. (laughs) It always ends perfectly. For every Tarantino we get, we get always a Tarantino. (laughs) Did Did you zoom in on the cast at all, Kevin? I did not. I like to go in blind on these. So then you did not see that Henry Zabrowski is in this movie. What? Yes. I'm so glad I get to be the one that told oh, you. I I would have appreciated just recognizing him. Henry uh, Brandon Henry Zubrowski uh, <laughs> does the last podcast on the left. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's a an actor. He does actually a show that I'm surprised you haven't seen. Your pretty face is going to hell. Oh no! But that sounds awesome. It, it well, it's about a demon in hell that uh, it's run kind of like a business, mm-hmm. and he's always getting like assigned the shit jobs. Nice. So yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, he has to paint himself entirely red for it. I admire that dedication. That is dedication. 
<laughs> All right. So what's our yeah. predictions for this movie? Uh, why don't we start with our guest, Brandon? What did you What do you think this movie is going to be about? Um, gay demon sex. I I don't know. I mean, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's out of left field. <laughs> well, I mean, we had already talked about. We had prepped the audience. <laughs> yeah, we had. We had. Whenever you have uh, gay demon sex, you need to prep. Uh, yes, you do. You do. It's all about um, the lube. <laughs> it is. It is. Unless you're you're really in hell, and then it's all about not having it. But that that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> Consensual gay demon sex. There we go. There we go. Um, I I don't know. I mean, looking at this cover, and I mean everything. It just it, it has everything. It has the heart. It has the demon. I mean, I, I'm thinking maybe it's somebody who looks and feels like a demon in hell, but is actually has a heart and everything like that. And it's some kind of love story, kind of like a Beauty and the Beast thing. I think maybe. Like Interesting. It's a, a horrible looking person or whatever that looks horrible on the outside, but it's really a good person on the inside and they're trying to. Oh, you took that a lot more positive than I was going to spin it. What's your prediction? I think that uh, there's going to be a couple that's on a picnic in the woods and they and are. comes out. <laughs> okay, I know I like to Scooby Doo things. <laughs> um and then they are going to be getting romantic and they're going to have like tripped over something and it's going to trigger a monster in the woods uh to come after them and try and kill them for wrecking his environment so you think it's going to be a cold open for a supernatural episode yeah that's not a whole movie hun do you think that's gonna be the 90 minute runtime i i didn't say i'd give you the whole plot <laughs> You didn't give me any of the plot. You gave me the first scene. Um, (laughs) You got to start somewhere. Well, like, are we going to watch them pick out the perfect wine for their picnic? Well, obviously, they're going to be running through the woods and run into someone else that's also running for their lives. They're going to get caught in a cabin, find some shotguns, try to defend themselves, and then eventually everybody's going to get bloody murdered. I forgot about the shotguns. It's going to be a shotgun wedding, too. There yeah. We Wait, bloody murdered, like British bloody murdered or like gory murder? Like, are gory. you trying accent work on this right now? Bloody murdered. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, oh. I'm not good at the accents. You're, better, you're a better Foley artist. We'll give you that. Oh, that's not saying much. Uh, my prediction is I think um, I'm thinking like that old creep show. I think it's mm. a creep show, one where the, like the artist falls in love with a a woman, and it turns out it's a gar like a demon. Oh, and it'll kill him. Except I think this is going to be a redneck that falls in love while out like duck hunting. Are you and trying like, to Tucker and Dale versus Evil? This I think we're gonna get get a little <laughs> bit of like the redneck is the hero, and he's gonna like fall in love with this demon. Um. But then, like, something's going to cause him to have to kill her or it. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, you know, the fact that it's a demon. <laughs> uh, like, it's just stereotyping demons. It is. Way to pigeonhole them into a certain situation. I love how you guys are on the side of literal demons from hell in this <laughs> story. Uh, You're like, hey, they're, they're not all bad. Too. I gotta tell you, it's just being contrary to what you said. Yeah. No. 
hey some of them don't even want to stab hitler with pokers like they yeah. it's a job man we all have done jobs we don't like we have we have yeah oh how would that feel to be like the demon version of a fast food worker he's like this is bullshit just doing this for like satan's hell hell care that would be, that would be bad. that was that was very punny babe i yeah, like that it. that's what i'm good at it's probably uh, still better than our healthcare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. It's just a flaming rod, and you get to pick what orifice it's jammed in. You're like, well, at least in hell, I get to pick which hole it goes in. Yeah. And I'm not in debt for the rest of my life for yeah. it, too. <laughs> All right, Brandy, do you have anything to add to this? No, I, I, I'm actually looking forward to this. I think this is going to be a very interesting, interesting movie, and I've listened to, to every other to, to your podcast for a while now so it's kind of fun to be be a part of it yay yeah. we're Besides happy to just have giving you. you bad ideas <laughs> but though, like there's a thing where now doing this podcast anytime i get ready to watch a movie for this show i get very nervous about it because okay. they've not all been gems <laughs> no i would say a majority of them have not been gems but yeah. you've come up with some good ones i mean i went and i watched uh you know High, or was it Return to Horror High? Yeah. Which I thought was amazing yeah. on your guys' recommendation. The the man who killed Hitler, Hitler. and then Bigfoot. Yeah. Amazing. I actually bought that at Walmart because nice. I, because Hulu was being stupid or whatever it was on, <laughs> so I just bought it. But yeah, it's and I love it. So I mean, there's been some good ones. Yes. So hopefully we can add After Midnight to this list. Though I got to say, I had to ask Bree what the title was. I was like, what movie are we watching with Brandon? And she's like, after midnight, it's like, bullshit. That sounds like an art house film. <laughs> it might still be. It's yeah, got it the be. same writer, director, and editor. So yeah, it's either going to be a terrible horror movie or it's going to be a beautiful piece of like French cinema. <laughs> like it's just going to be a monster going and buying croissants. <laughs> I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be software porn. Yeah. Uh, oh, all right. Well, I, I mean, we'll see. Well, <laughs> you gotta sneak them past Amazon's content filters somehow. Are there yeah. are there going to be boobs? Is the question we always ask. <laughs> I'm betting, but I'm betting they're not ones we want to see. <laughs> I'm gonna go on a limp. Full frontal demon dong. Oh, all right. Like Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, let Satan just hang dong. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be red and spiny. Yeah, it's got like, like six heads on it. <laughs> It uses the same technology they did for like uh, Davy Jones and Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh no! That <laughs> was... Almost rad. No. Yeah. All right. Let's All right. go uh, check out After Midnight. All Let's right. go watch a movie. And we are back, having just finished up after midnight. Hey, uh, Bree, what'd you what'd you have to snack on during this movie? Um, you had to remind me that we actually had dinner, and I had pork fried rice. <laughs> I, I had chicken and beef teriyaki. Brandon, what'd you have? Uh, we actually had uh, sushi because we we amazingly, my wife wanted to watch this um, on her birthday, so she's like, "Yeah, let's go watch that movie you have to watch." I'm like, "Yeah, this is gonna be great. Let me go get you some sushi." So. You owed her an apology afterwards. I'm betting. I, yeah, I, I'm betting. <laughs> we watched Palm Springs right before it, so I mean, it was okay, kind so of like, like a, a little buffer. A little buffer. So. <laughs> Were you just like at the end of the show, like, oh god, I hope we get food poisoning, so she forgets about me making her watch after midnight. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was I see I was going to watch it because I had time you know during the day where I could have watched it you know when she was at home um, but she was like yeah let's watch that movie you're supposed to watch for you know by its cover and I'm like okay <laughs> take it when she take offers it. something like that you take it yeah that's how we got yeah. into this podcast she's it's like you want to do a podcast I was like hell yeah let's buy stuff <laughs> yeah let's do it well it's yeah. almost like I I never like to watch comedies and we watched um the Jay and Silent Bob reboot the other night and I knew within about 15 minutes that it was Oh God, it was so bad. I've never seen a couple play chicken with a movie before. Cause I was like, I have to be grateful cause she chose to put on a comedy and she's like, I can't be that person that turns off a comedy. Yeah. Cause yeah. he's going to judge me. So we just like sat there in agony for 90 minutes, just being like, <laughs> neither one of us likes it, but we have to, like, we have to be grateful for the other person. Yep. See, and I can't say much cause I actually really enjoyed it, but I think part of that was, I saw it in the theaters with Kevin Smith and, and Jason Mewes. Oh. So I had the entire, I had the entire audience like their, you know, reactions to it, everything like that. So it was a, it was a different feeling. I think if I would have watched it away from that, it would have been different. Plus it's like, that's part of my childhood. I mean, that was part of my watching those movies and all the stupid, like me and Matt talked about this not long ago, all the like cameos and everything else, people mm-hmm. who didn't grow up watching these are like, why the fuck is Ben Affleck here? <laughs> but um, we're dog, like, oh, okay. Dogma yeah. is actually one of my favorite movies. Oh, yeah. And but I, I mean, how much they referenced Alanis Morissette yeah. in, in the reboot. <laughs> so yeah, and I, I mean, they referenced so many different things. But it was, yeah. If it wasn't for those, I think you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but After Midnight, not a comedy. <laughs> No, it bills kind itself of, as a it romance funny. romance horror movie. I, now, what what do you think it was? More romance or more of a horror movie? Neither. Neither. I mean, it was more of a what? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a great. I, mean, yeah. I have no other way to explain it, but uh, what? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like how some movies uh, Scooby Doo win. It was like, a Scooby Doo movie. Yeah, like how Get Out was like best best comedy or something like that and you're like no what how no. <laughs> like who was laughing during that <laughs> no way. there was a couple parts of this movie i laughed but i mean it was for the yeah. wrong reasons i think but i think this really i think we finally found Bree's scooby-doo movie it really did pull a pull a bait and switch on us didn't it it did it yeah did. um i have to say uh, that we should probably give the summary, but I feel yeah. hesitant even giving the summary because I feel like it didn't matter. Uh, so instead, I'm going to go back to a tried and true, and I'm going to read the IMDb summary of it because yes. I feel like that probably encapsulates really just the whole movie. Um, when his girlfriend suddenly disappears, leaving a cryptic note as her only explanation, Hank's comfortable life and his sanity begin to crack. Then... From the woods surrounding his house, something terrible starts to break in. I mean, that's pretty accurate. A couple things. I mean, uh, it, the note's not that cryptic. No. No. But they never actually say what the note says specifically. We see it on the on the wall when he closes it. It says, like, I have to go take care of some things. Be back soon. Love you, Abby. Okay, I didn't, yeah. You must have a better TV than me. But it's just... <laughs> 
were you watching it on like one of the old uh round glass ones? <laughs> no, no, but I didn't I didn't see the note. So yeah. I think I need glasses. It just, too, it just like flashed cheap. and I was like, that's not cryptic. That like it's not like, hey, stay out of the woods, love you, Abby, you know. Yeah. To be fair though, like she doesn't answer her phone for what we find out very late into the movie. She's been gone a month, which I don't know about you guys, but like I had a really hard time tracking that time like there's no way unless they would have oh, i was confused that, too yeah that she was gone for a month that i would have known i thought it was a year because in the so flashbacks it was her birthday but then in one of the phone calls he said oh hey you've got a bunch of birthday cards piling up so i was very confused <laughs> yeah i thought at one point it was a year that like she'd been gone a full year and now it was back to her birthday again yeah but so then, what we oh go, go for it I, but then her brother, who's like the town deputy, it doesn't seem concerned about her being gone at all. Which makes me wonder if he knew. Well, I, yeah, oh, I'm sure. Because the, the main character, which I don't even remember his name. Hank. 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 Yeah, Hank is like, I never remember characters' names. I really should yeah. take notes. It's not your, it's not uh, your strong suit. <laughs> quiet, you. Um, but like, Hank thinks that the sheriff's in on it. And it's like, you need to tell her. And the sheriff's like, I don't know where she is. Like, what are you talking about? And we never get confirmed whether or not that's true. Like, right. Did she? There was just a lot of things that didn't get confirmed. Yeah. But I feel uh, like they did a lot of um, MacGuffining conversations. Like, they would just get right to the point of giving us information and then be like, oh, guess you're going to guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, what really is, is we're getting everything through Hank's point of view yeah. for this movie, so they don't choose to, like, give you extra information because they're just saying this is information that Hank has access to. Yeah. We're getting his view of things. I think, like, a summary for this movie is we watch a person's, like, at the end of a relationship, and then we get flashbacks to when the relationship is strong, and then it starts to sour a bit in spots. And it's him dealing with the like relationship dissolving. And then there's also a swamp monster. Yeah. Yeah. And, but then the, the, the whole relationship devolving thing even goes weird, but yes. Like at the one point I thought he was going to take the bartender home. Yes. I did too. Jane. I was like, Oh, he's going to bone her. He's banging her. Well, I think that's, he was going to, but she's like, Oh, I'm leaving. So he didn't have a chance to. And when, Sorry, when no, Abby go for it. When Abby actually does come back after a month, she even makes mention like I I left, and one of the reasons I left is because you're a hunter, and I can see you st- uh, stalking other prey like Jane at the bar. So Abby's not stupid. Like no. she she knows he's got the wandering eye. Yeah, and yeah, and that's a great point because like she's she's actually the like realist about their relationship he's got this idealized version of her of, like she's this perfect person and she's like no i live in a, a crappy small town i don't like it here i don't like any of it i don't know if i'm enough for you you've got to decide this and then like they kind of have an awkward conversation that thankfully gets interrupted by like needing to prepare for a party but which that was the whole thing that confused me too. She's gone, and it basically shows him. For one, you never see him once in this movie without like a bottle in his hand. So I'm yes. trying to wonder, like, is this like 
you know, you're starting to wonder, is he having hallucinations from alcohol? Mm -hmm. I mean, is he just like fried his brain so bad that, you know, he can't see, but then all of a sudden she shows back up and he's just like, Oh, Hey. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to find I out she's actually real and alive was kind of surprising to me in this movie. And I thought, she, I thought she was a hallucination. Yeah. I thought like the monster was her and he killed her. Uh, I thought I like, I had so many little pet theories for what was going mm -hmm. on with this. Uh, so yeah. And we, we didn't get none of that. We don't get none of that. I, that's well, my, you, you went a little Floridian. I went Floridian. Uh, <laughs> Like, at, well, especially because like this movie starts with him going down on her, and that's like our intro to these characters. So I'm like, what even is this? It was well, uncomfortable. It was, yeah. I, and I, and I, just, I thought we were gonna get the softcore porn there for a minute. I'm like, yeah. oh, this any is gonna movie get that starts with a scene of oral sex immediately is not a good movie to me. <laughs> like that can't, like that can't be your moment of character development. Also. The guy that writes this, directs this, and stars in this, his he is the main character that he gets her to like her high point in like twenty seconds, like yeah. with the speed and mouth dexterity of like a NASCAR pit crew. He like just he had to have like a blender in his tires. mouth, like, la, 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 la. yeah, no, <laughs> like guy can't talk good, but man got like tongue tornado. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like you telling me he didn't write that because he's like when women see this they're gonna want to date me based on this opening yes. scene like and i was like seriously did he write this and is it just an artsy bullshit where he's like this shows that hank is really a generous lover you know like showing how much he loves her and i'm like shut up i just knows how to hook her in yeah <laughs> yeah the old bait and switch yep that's what this movie was it was the whole movie was that makes I mean, it sound was... like you didn't love it though i I didn't not like it. Um, <laughs> it was, I will. I will never watch it again. Let's say I, that I will not. And I honestly think uh, it would have been better as a short film. Yeah, I agree. Twenty minutes, thirty minutes off of this because there was a lot of it just droned on, and you're like, "What the fuck is going on?" It is so. I don't even want to say slow paced because, like, I I would watched everything. I didn't feel like I like wasted a ton of time, but everything is just drawn out. Mm -hmm. uh, well, and then it was the, 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 it almost feels like they're trying to do like a Tarantino thing where they try and confuse you on the timeline. Cause all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, where, where are we at on the timeline? It's like, when she came back, it's like, is this him remembering again? Or is this really happening here? <laughs> is she there? Is he having a hallucination? You, you spent like half the movie going, I'm confused. <laughs> yeah, you can only tell by like Hank's growing beard. Yeah, and Which he yeah. looks much better with a beard than without a beard. I'm yeah. just gonna make that. Most statement. of us men do. Like I am hiding a lot of ugliness <laughs> under this beard. It's just I am too. Yeah, and it's not like it's a great beard. Like, don't get me wrong. It's just doing a lot of heavy lifting. <laughs> Speaking, uh, your beard is red. And speaking of redheads, uh, I thought the best part of this movie was uh, supporting actor Henry Zabrowski. I did like Henry. He did he, good. He did a great job. Uh, he stole the scenes that he was in, for sure. Yeah, when he drinks the the, the shot. 
Oh god, that grossed me out. I loved so it because it was the first moment Brie like gags in this movie, and she just oh. like choked, and I was like, ah, oh, I went to college. We would have done that. <laughs> so, I can't remember what they called it, but I'm like, yeah, no, I'm out. Gorilla fart. I looked it up. That's it's actually on Urban Dictionary. Oh. So, Kevin, do you want to explain the scene that we're all uh, about? So Hank goes to this bar. And it turns out it's, it's the bar, bar he owns. And like, we're like, thanks. I didn't figure that out until the end of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there's a, the drunk there. That's his good friend, Wade, Wade. And, uh, Wade's like, Oh yeah, I want a drink. And, uh, the only drink they'll give him for free is all the stuff that gets spilled off of the drink mats. <laughs> so they just pour that into a glass and he drinks it. Yeah. And so. it was it was gross. It was. <laughs> but yeah, so, it's no. I just don't even I I mean there's so little that happens. Um I think that I I think the thing that disappointed me is I went into it really hoping that it was going to be a horror movie and it really wasn't. I mean, there was one jump scare when he shot the shotgun in the woods. And you see a flash of the monster as he's killing Darby, the cat he bought for Abby. Yeah, that's where I lost it. I'm like, he killed the cat, I'm out. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, what the heck? If it would have been a dog, I would have been Yeah, if it would have been a dog, we know Brie would have been like, I'm out. (laughs) She did John Wick that monster. She's like, turn this into a horror movie, but for the monster. He's going to learn man is the real monster. Well, then they go to bury it, and he's like, you know, she talking about like they got hit by a car and he's like no i saw this thing grab it and take a bite out of it i'm like like an apple like an apple what kind of it it sounds bad to say this but you're like how could it be hit by a car and it looks like yeah i don't know yeah yeah you're telling me in like backwoods florida you don't know intimately what roadkill looks like yeah (laughs) i'm not not flat but half its hedge entire region but like (laughs) You guys know what dinner looks like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so I That's guess my first fuck you to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> the the whole point uh, of the movie is like him trying to deal with her being gone, but doing it poorly. Yeah. And then oh, she horrible. comes, she comes back and just randomly comes in the back door and starts cleaning up all his. Well, because the front door you couldn't open because the he had, he had the couch. couch. In the to keep the monster out um but Which, why did the monster ever just go to the back door why did it only go for the front door yeah it was i weird. mean that's that's my question is why was it only go the back she just walked in the back door like it was nothing well and why or the why, giant windows yeah, yeah there were windows everywhere and why was it just going after him because oh. There were definitely houses around. There's a side movie where like all of his neighbors have been killed. That sheriff was doing a terrible job. (laughs) He even asks Shane, the sheriff at one point, like, have you had any monster or like um, reports of animal attacks or anything? And he's like, of course I have. It's Florida. Yeah. (laughs) There was just a lot of like when she comes in, she just like looks at the mail, looks around and says, oh, and starts doing the dishes. Yeah. And then he hears her downstairs. And he's been freaking out for a month, not knowing where she is. He comes walking downstairs, doesn't even say hi to her, just takes the needle off the record that was playing and walks away. And I'm like, 
well, drama llama much. What the heck? Yeah, he's got all the passive aggressiveness of a Seattle person. He does. He does. <laughs> Odd him. But I mean, the rest of the movie, he had no passive aggressive. I mean, it's shotgun, throwing stuff. I mean, he had a bear trap after this thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and just no passive, just total dick to everyone. But then she shows up after four weeks and he's just like, hmm. And yeah. then they don't even talk about it until like hours later as he's trying to prove that the monster's real and they're sitting out their back porch with a shotgun. And they have this extremely lengthy like heart to heart about how she's too big for the town that they're in. And she wants to go to a place where she can have culture and be excited about things and have adventures. And she doesn't want to be a bar manager for the rest of her life. And he's just like, well, uh, uh, uh. And that he trapped her by, by wooing her and making her fall in love. And that's when she has that, you're a hunter. I know you're looking. I know mm-hmm. that, you, that you're going to uh, gonna look for somebody younger to, to be prey. And I'm like, okay, well, why? And, and she turns it around and just says, like, look, if, if you, she goes, I want to live in the city. I think it's hilarious. The city she picks is Miami. Yeah. <laughs> I've never known anybody that wants to go to Miami. Especially a 34-year-old woman. Yeah. yeah. Who's Will saying Smith that. wrote a song about it, and that's all, <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, and she's, the other part is she's saying, I'm a 34-year-old woman with no kids and not married, blah, blah, blah. Like, her biological clock is ticking yeah. and all that. But then she's like, but I want to move to Miami. Yeah, she wants to move to Miami. And she asks him, like, if I made you give up all the hunting and all the things that make you you, would I be enough for you to stay? And like, that's her whole thing is like, I, I almost got the impression. She's like, if this relationship is ending, it's its natural terminal point. Like she's not mad at him. It's just, yeah. it needs Let to end know. so we can go our own way. But then it's weird. Cause I'm like, well, why do you view it as you both have to give up something? I think the thing that really bothered me about her whole like thing too was uh, she was feeling pressured about being her only friend that doesn't have a husband or kids. And I was like, fucking so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and you know what's going to fix that in Miami? <laughs> or this the- loser? Like, come Who on. Who goes to Miami to start a family? Yeah. And she says she went, to, well, it didn't make sense. Is she went to her reunion. It had to have been her college yeah. reunion. Yeah. Because uh, she was from Barlow. Yeah. And so, she did make a comment about going, like, coming back from college, and then he hooked her or something. Yeah. yeah. She wasn't planning on staying, but then he wooed her. But, but she she makes a comment, because he asks her, like, did you sleep with your ex-boyfriend? And she's like, no, but I did see him at the reunion. And then she, like, explains all the things she did for that month. And she's like, in two days, I went to a baseball game and to a museum, and I had tamales from a street vendor. And I'm like, you're dissolving a 10-year relationship for tamales. Damn. Does Miami have good tamales? I've been to Miami. They do have some good tamales. Yeah, but like, I, mean, I got Cuban food. I was like, I would fucking leave my wife for a Cubano. <laughs> I love her more than anything, but oh, goddamn, a good Cubano? I get it. I get it. It's tempting. I'd come back. But like, in four weeks. Yeah. I guess, but, I'd be like 900 pounds. I'd be like, I need to come back because <laughs> I can't fit in the hotel rooms anymore. <laughs> Love me. <laughs> well, that's what it basically be. I mean, I am one of those. I mean, usually, I mean, I, I'm, I'm probably not going to be the guy that scream yelling everything. But after four weeks and you just randomly show up, I'd be like, I'm pretty sure the first words out of my mouth would be, what the fuck? 
Yes, exactly. Like there's no, even in that moment where- He never gets angry. There's no like explosion of of emotion or anything. It's just like they're sitting there maudlin, like, I guess. There's only one scene where he like, he shows passion, like, like passionateness. And we'll talk about it in a minute because it's also like mm-hmm. the highlight of this movie. But other than that, he does not. He's not an emotive person. He's not a t- well, what's weird. It's not a bad performance. No. And I mean, he has emotive. anger, but he does have anger issues. Yeah. I mean, you see that throughout the whole thing. I mean, he's constantly I mean, when he's dealing with a monster, like shooting at it, everything else, he's freaking out, having anger. He shoots at the car that almost runs him over. I mean, so I mean, he's got the anger issues. But and that's the other thing. It's Florida. They say you shot at him. Well, they almost ran me over. And the cop does nothing. Not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> He's a bad cop. In fact, in fact, that's the time when Shane takes the time to look at him and said, we're family. Well, we should have been family by now. Like guilting him into proposing to his sister, Abby. Yeah. And it's just like. <laughs> Yeah. Why is the end all be all being married and having kids for y'all? Because that's the American dream. Yeah, why don't you understand that, Bree? Yeah, it's the American dream. You have My to get married and you have to have kids. is ticking. Your biological <laughs> clock is dead. Yeah, I didn't change the batteries. Uh, it's daylight savings time. Uh, so I also want to point out this movie has the most contradictory soundtrack I've ever heard. Oh, <gasps> yes. Because how mm-hmm. is this movie like her big Abby's big critique of Hank is that he has no culture and no art, but yet he has the most hipster goddamn taste in music. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not like Conway Twitty and some Hank Williams. It's like full on indie yeah. art house soundtrack. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I mean, I did too. <laughs> it just didn't match with the scenes that were happening, in my opinion. Yeah, no. It was, uh, uh, I'm it guessing was it's what he had the budget weird. for. Yeah. Or he, I imagine he had some like buddies that he's like, hey, yeah. you want your band on this? Um, or some local like Florida bands. But uh, it doesn't match, except for there's one scene where there's karaoke. I have mm-hmm. never. I'm trying to think what the other movie where karaoke has been a plot point, and I can't think of it. Mm. I, I don't know if there is one. You didn't prep me with research time, so I would be trying to think of it on the top of my head, and I cannot. Yeah, but in this one, they, they have this party, which just consists of them sitting around getting drunk. And well, that was the other thing that was uh, just killed me, was she suddenly showed up, and that was the whole thing. Hey, oh, by the way, you need to get the door fixed because there's a party tomorrow night. It's like, I don't want to be you've embarrassed. Been, you've been gone for four weeks, and you've already planned a fucking party the <laughs> day you come back? You, you, you're coming home to a house that has a gunshot in it. There's a lot of things you're going to be embarrassed about before you even get to that door. <laughs> That's why you need to fix the gunshot. Yeah. But uh, they have this party. It's karaoke. We find out Henry Zabrowski is no, that was a previous one where his wife was pregnant, but mm-hmm. it basically comes in with like Abby having made wine. Cause she's a wine snob. Yes. And that's and, like a, a character point for her throughout the whole thing. Like that she can sniff the what's in the wine while it's yeah. and like, she's, it's very um, fancy for her to be able to do it considering she grew up in such a small town. But then she calls Pino peanut. I think no, that was the no, brand. That's that's was it the, the brand. Joke. Okay. 
No, the joke is that he bought the 12 cases of wine because he went to a peanut farm in Georgia and they sold him how great their peanut wine is. Okay. And uh, so that it's makes more actually sense. like flavored peanut wine. Now I kind of want some of the peanut wine because I just kept thinking it was peanut. Is it no. like that peanut butter whiskey that we yeah. have that you just oh, love? How is that? I want to try that. I have it's not had that so, yet. It's so good. Oh, yeah. It's, really, it's real good. <laughs> Shout out to Screwball Whiskey. Uh, you don't pay for anything on this podcast, but we love you anyways. <laughs> and if you have it with some chocolate liqueur, it tastes like a peanut butter cup. It's a little, little shot of diabetes. Yep. Diabetes. Uh, so they they have this birthday party which yes, is they have a birthday party uh her brother drunkenly sings house of the rising sun that mm-hmm. was in the flashback though i thought no that was the guy was at the party oh, and she okay. sings that because what got me is I, I thought it was a flashback at first but she sings a song about like the big city lights are calling and stuff like that and i'm like Jesus, Abby, read the room. Like you're yeah. hurting Hank's feelings. <laughs> uh, you know, that'd be like like you're uh you like had an affair and then the song you choose to sing to come back to your husband is like like a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, damn girl, that's cold. Um, and Hank doesn't sing. No. no. But then they sit down for dinner. They sit down for dinner, and one of the plot points from the very start of the movie is Hank has a mixtape that's just one song for a girl named Julie. Yep. Yeah, that he gives to Abby, and she's like, the, and she does this whole like cute little <laughs> thing where she goes, "Oh, this is for me," but it's actually for Julie. And then they talk about the fact that he's just recorded the same song over and over because that's how much he felt the song for her. Yeah. for another person yeah. well wasn't it does does he give it to her or does he i think he just happened to have it like in the tape deck in the tape deck yeah yes and this was a full-on cassette tape with yeah. a yeah. boombox tape deck like an orange cassette tape and yeah. he so he has a karaoke version of the song for some reason too yes. uh and he starts singing it i don't i didn't recognize the song at all well the one thing that you before that before they even started singing it was the 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 cop guy who I guess is her brother Shane yeah. Shane starts going off on like to ask the question because he says it earlier like if you ask a room of you know six people at least two or three of them will say they've seen a UFO mm-hmm. and that's how he goes this proved that his uh, him seeing the monsters both so yeah. then he goes through and they go in a big long thing about that where everyone's like dude really do you have to bring this up now you know you're really bringing down the room and he's like hey this is the elephant in the room isn't anyone going to talk about this and the guy's like it wasn't an elephant but I mean, and so that kind of, you know, before he even started singing, that was the whole thing of like, you know. Which, how shitty of him. Like, the elephant in the room is that she's been gone for, well, like a month yeah. and nobody knows. Like, let the monster settle for a bit. But yeah. then Hank admits like, hey, I am going to change. I, we're going to do, yep. I'm going to do what you want. Let's get out of here. Let's go to Miami. And we're going to do it differently. You are yep. enough for me. And then he sings this song. And right at the end of the song, he gets tackled by the monster. And Bree, how would you describe that thing? You didn't even say what the song was, though. I don't. I, like I said, I didn't remember anything significant about it. Was it a it was, song that oh, means God, anything to it? you? No, it was one. It was like a complete like. Really, that's the song you pick? It was like what was it? I think my wife said what it was. I think it's Natalie and Brulia or whatever. There's freaking 
Let me look. I'm, I'm looking, trying to find it. Oh, you know, as all the like small town Florida boys know, Natty, yeah. Natalie Imbruglia. Yeah, because I'm like, I'm like, I know I've heard this song, but I don't remember what it is. But it's like, yeah, it's like that's the song you pick. Pick. I mean, would have been great if it would have done like her one hit that I remember, which was Torn. Isn't that wasn't that, that what it was? Quite no, no, no. I'm what was it? Of faith. Uh, yeah. Babe, we do not have the rights. You cannot sing that on this podcast. <laughs> but I can't. Yeah. We like have no it. budget. <laughs> I can't remember what song it was, but it was just one of those ones where they they start singing it and you're just like, "That's what you picked." Yeah. I mean, thinking of the Southern Boy, I mean, you could have think of so many different Southern rock songs, so well, many they, classic rock songs, so many whatever, yeah. and it's like, what? yeah, so many. Uh, you know, it's not even like that great of a love song. No. Either. No, and I think that's kind of the point is like it's this total like um, indie Liz Fair pop song um, that that's just totally out of sync with how the whole movie's aesthetic is. And I have to say, he actually does a pretty good job singing. (laughs) So he's standing at the end of this dining table with his two sets of friends and then Abby at the other end of it singing this song that was on the four julie cassette tape and he's given it his all he's pretty much saying uh i love you and i'll do whatever and then the freaking monster comes in sideswipes his ass and starts attacking him and he gets back up everybody's shocked to af and goes mm-hmm. chasing after it describe and the monster for folks too it's it's like a porcupine like a human hybrid porcupine that's got weird porcupine quills everywhere like red spikes spikes and it's got almost like a quills yeah the words quills yeah Yeah. i mean you see it on the cover but it it doesn't give it like yeah yeah and they they are fighting while the sheriff goes to run to get a gun Henry Zabrowski's uh, character goes and gets an axe and Hank is just fighting this monster and you see him come, he rips these antlers off of a mounted deer he has and just starts like stabbing it with the antlers. Yes. Yeah. Full on decimates it. And it's like a minute of monster stabbing. And there's just blood everywhere. Just him screaming at it. And then all Abby does is picks up this bottle of wine. And like, he's bleeding. He's been wounded. And he, I thought he was going to die. He doesn't. But he's like, oh no, this wine was supposed to be special. Do you want to share it with me? And he like flips it around and it's got a wedding ring on the bottom of it. Yeah, taped to it because yeah. it was the last bo- it was the last bottle yeah a peanut wine a peanut wine yeah <laughs> and, and then uh, it, yeah and then roll credits and you're like ah uh, yeah what'd she yeah. say <laughs> yeah what'd she say i mean why what no explanation of what the what the monster was where it came from anything just I'd have turned to my sheriff brother-in-law and been like, hey, fucker, told you, not an elephant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there but would I mean, be a lot of told you so's happening in the, if oh, I were yeah. in that house. <laughs> it, it was just kind of one of those things, like the whole, and I will say this, the, they did play it out right, because that was the one time where I was actually kind of liked that they drug out the karaoke scene, mm-hmm. because 
every other scene was drug out way too much, but that one, because it got to a point, you're like, through the whole scene of them sitting there having dinner, I'm like, is he going to reach her through that window and grab the back of her head? Is he going to yeah. get her? When's That's it going to pop out? Too, yeah. When's the jump scare? It's like, all of a sudden, is she going to turn it? Because at this point, I'm still thinking she, she's the monster. Yeah. Because it didn't come back after she came back. And I'm like, okay. And then all of a sudden, it was like, you think it's okay. Well, I guess it's not going to happen. And then it finally jumps out and you're like, oh, okay. But <laughs> right then it was the... just. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, this, this movie it's is anticlimactic. Like... Yeah, yes. this movie is uh, like a screenplay 101. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I don't want to say a master class because it's not perfect, but it's like if you ever needed to set up obstacle for the character to overcome and they're like using a visual metaphor of the monster, it's like that monster is just all of his insecurity and jealousies and like immaturity that he finally has to kill when he agrees to like grow up with her. Yeah. I thought for a while that the monster was going to be a metaphor for his alcoholism or I was wondering that too. for his hidden anger. Like she, he would hurt her at night or something because I didn't get the feeling he was necessarily a good person. No, well, we don't ever really get any evidence that he's not. I mean, I know. he's sleep deprived. He's got a monster chasing him. So like, I think and really, nobody believes really you're allowed to be frazzled. Yeah. But then all again, like nobody leaves without any word if you have a good relationship. Yeah. Right. Well, and then the whole thing, too, was it's like, you know, when she finally comes back, he's like, you know, well, where did you go? And she's like, I went to my reunion like I told you. Yeah. yeah. And that's when at first when you're like, wait a minute. And then you start getting confused again because you're like, how long was she gone? I thought it was longer than that. Yes. And then you find out it's four weeks. Like, OK, reunions usually aren't four weeks long. But, you know, <laughs> so there was a lot of just like unanswered questions and. Well, then, like I said, the end was very, end. yeah, she, yeah, we're kind of, she was supposed to go with her. Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't want to deal with snooty people. Yeah. Which I get it. Like that's kept me from a lot of things. <laughs> snooty people suck. But also like snooty Miami people. <laughs> wow. I'm very anti-Florida in this. <laughs> I am really, sorry. I think you have lovely theme park. Um <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, I, I mean, I enjoyed Cougar Town. Sorry, guys. <laughs> well, that's the movie. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Uh, Brandon, would you recommend it? I would. It's one of those movies. I mean, it, like I said, it's confusing as hell. Yeah. But it was entertaining. I, I was entertained for the time I was watching it. Um, it was. It's nothing I'd probably watch again, except for maybe I thought about it right after I watched it, going, I might have to watch that again just because I feel like I missed something. <laughs> but then talking to you guys, you're like, no, you didn't. It just wasn't there. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, like I said, it is a little anticlimactic. Like the end scene, it felt like a lot like it to me, where it's like you're expecting this huge, like climactic, like battle. And then it's just like, eh. It's like your first sexual experience where you're like a lot of buildup. And then it's like, eh, it's over. I mean, that's kind of how I felt. I mean, it was just like... And, and for Abby, too, when uh, Hank goes down on her, because yeah, it's yeah. just over in no time. It's all about you over quickly. Uh, you didn't have, like, Age of Aquarius play afterwards, or no. see, like, doves, or, like, no. a new color? No, but it was pretty much like, ah, that's it? Oh, okay. Oh, man, that's how I discovered Blurple was a color. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't see Blurple? No. <laughs> Anyways, oh man, I, you're not doing it right. Though. No, apparently I'm not. I need to figure that out. <laughs> Kevin, did you? Would you recommend this movie? 
I would if you are okay with a not a horror movie or a romance movie. Like, I don't know what mood you have yeah. to be in, like, mentally to want to watch this. But normally the mood I'm in for a buy its cover, this would not have been what I would expect. Yeah. That's fair. Um, I I would recommend this movie if you want to talk about a movie with someone. Because I feel like there's a lot of conversation you can have about it. Yeah. Um, also, if you're a fan of Henry Zabrowski, like we are, it was nice to get to actually see him because usually we just hear him. Um, so I, I enjoyed that. And I thought he did an excellent job as the supporting character. He's yeah. a scene stealer. Every movie, though, I anticipate him needing to do a gorilla fart now. Ew. Oh, yeah. He's got yeah, to be his Every movie in him to be the same character. <laughs> Like a Will Ferrell movie. Yeah. <laughs> so they just need to make it all in the same universe. That can be the, this needs to be an after midnight view askew like universe. <laughs> Henry Zabarski can be both Jay and Silent Bob. <laughs> Way to bring it back around, babe. That's what <laughs> I do. Good job. Speaking of bringing things back around, Brandon, why don't you tell us where we can find you on social media? Um, I am on uh, Twitter and Instagram as a, uh, Mr. Underscore B underscore six, six, six. I'm on Facebook as brand Valentine. I've also got my, the Reiner's podcast that I do with Matt and then love and hate radio that I do with my kid. So they're, they're, I'm out there. I'm all over the place. So. Yeah. And he is a, um, he's listened to all our episodes. So mm-hmm. we were so glad to actually have you yes. on one. Uh, it's amazing that uh, we've found a tool through social distancing to allow mm-hmm. this to happen. <laughs> yeah. So Kevin, where can we find you on social media? You can find me at Kevin underscore egg, C-A-V-I-N underscore E-G-G on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on Facebook at Kevin Eggleston, uh, either than my normal page or my, comedian page <laughs> same name we don't mm-hmm. change much and then of course uh, you can find me at by its cover which brie what are the links for those uh we're on twitter and instagram at by its cover pod Kevin made us a by its cover podcast facebook he's currently working on getting our website up and going and you can always find us on anchor fm uh, by its cover podcast and that shoots it to apple podcast and spotify and several others mm-hmm. so all the things that you should be listening to us on follow yes. us like us go on twitter and and uh, do the twitter poll for this because I only ever get one or two responses and it makes me sad, but Aww. someday, someday How we'll dare be... you people hurt my wife's feelings. <laughs> someday we'll be, we'll be famous and then we'll have thousands of people voting yes or no on, yes. on our, on my crazy, stupid Twitter polls. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Brandon, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank, thank you, you for inviting me. This was a blast. Okay.